Well, at least I'm alive. Oh my! I knew I knew you were gonna follow up. Those are the things I will cut. These are a few of the things Courtney will cut. I literally saw that coming a mile away. I saw you going like this. Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. This means each week, two or one of us will explain a movie to the other two or one of us in its entirety. Since this is a center for spoilers, if you haven't seen this week's movie, tune out and tune back in once you have. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at We Explain Movies. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start off with what we watched this week, move into some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and then we're going to close out with our watchlist ads and recommendations. You're listening to We Explain Movies. Okay. Uh, okay. Now you have to do it. Do what? <laughs> Be a man. Show them. Oh, Hello, okay. another man on the podcast. Woo! That's me putting my big man balls on the oh table. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> That joke would be funny if you didn't have it written down on your notebook. <laughs> I thought of that so long ago. So, so long Did ago. Did you? Yep. Like the second you found out we had a podcast? Look, it says, put my big man balls on the table. Oh my God. And really? And there's asterisks. Did we introduce Daniel? Yeah. Oh, I have to do it? Or no, you're... no. We get to drum roll for you because... Can we give you like an Eric Andre-esque opening? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> What's fun about Daniel is that he is an equal guest. Like, he's all of our guests. Yeah. I feel like before, mm-hmm. they've always been someone's guest. Mm-hmm. He's all of our guests. Yes. So you're the first of your kind. Is it too douchey of me to say that I think I'm the most mentioned person oh. on the podcast? Oh. Yeah, we've I mentioned think you I, since episode one. I think I... I get. I think the people we talk out. about the most are you, Dakota, Riley, Jesse, Jesse, and the boys. Enjoy the boys. The boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, the boys might have. Boys might be coming for it. They probably mm. have. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. them <laughs> <laughs> no, we love take three a movie podcast. Yes. Let's but, mention them yeah. three more times so they beat Daniel. God so. damn it! <laughs> Anytime you say the name Daniel, take three a movie podcast. You have to say take three a movie podcast. <laughs> oh, I hate you. Uh, a little more background of who I am. I am the male chaperone of female podcasts now because you know, call me Barrett. <laughs> so you're welcome, ladies. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> Fuck. What did I say to you? Daniel's also my roommate, and when. Amy Coney Barrett was elected. I said something where I was like, you are now in charge of me. I am your ward. (laughs) When they come from my uterus, you will say, no, she can have it. I did ask you, Daniel. I allow her to have a uterus. I'm still on the fence about that. Anyways, welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to have you. You three have all appeared on my podcast Mm -hmm. at least one time. Came twice. Mm -hmm. And Courtney and Kayleen are both going to be on again soon. And I'm looking forward to that. Slated. And yeah, it's on the docket. Podcast (laughs) is called uh, The Worst Audio You've Ever Heard in Your Life. (laughs) It's actually, I have two podcasts, Super Serious Movie Men and Super Serious Podcast Men. And Podcast Man, and you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts and you look up super serious podcasts yeah, and it'll show up under one show. Oh, yeah. nice. And it's a lot of fun. 
Anywhere like you it. find We Explain Movies, you can also find Daniel. <laughs> well, and I want to give you guys a big thank you because you guys did your podcast. And when I was at a really creative, bankrupt time in my life and really looking to do something, I was like, oh, I should do a podcast. They, <laughs> not that you guys make it look easy, but you made it seem possible. Mm-hmm. And then once I started going, it just have continued. And yeah. I have actually listened to every <laughs> single one of your episodes except for one. Which so, one is it? Face Off. The last one? Face, face off. off. Oh my gosh. So I'm a bigger fan than Jesse and Dakota. Fuck those people. I um, think they've listened to every episode. Well. But you're here for this one ahead of him, so. <laughs> but he was on the horse since. But I'm saying you're listening to this one first, so if you oh, listen to Face Off, shit. you'll be <laughs> Yeah, if you listen to Face Off before this is released, then you win. So. And, so really, we're waiting yeah. for you, Kayleen. Yes, to watch Face Off. Mm. All right, so let's jump into what we watch this week. Again, it's been like a whole month, so... We narrowed it down a little bit yes. to some highlights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's quite a bit of crossover, I believe. Yeah, totally. So who would like to begin? Well... Daniel's giving me a hard pass oh, eyes okay. right now. I, Should we... I have to see how it's done first. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we, why don't we talk about Bly? Because that's like a whole ass show. Yeah. Yes. When we have kind of refrained Spo- from... Should we do spoiler free? Are you More like watch... Psy Manor. Have you Whoa. seen it all? <laughs> no, I, watch, I'm, I watched one episode. So we can it's talk done. about it with spoilers? Please do. Okay. Spoilers for Bly Manor. Yeah. Yes. We all watched The Haunting of Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. Did you want to start talking about it? Sure. I hesitate to compare it to Hill House because I know that's what everyone's doing. But if you don't want me to compare it to Hill House, don't use the fucking soundtrack to Hill House in every episode <laughs> and try to trick me into liking this show. True that, man. I did like it. I didn't dislike it. But it's like, I really felt like they were like, don't you feel something with the Hill House music? And I was like, yeah, that I wish I was watching Hill House. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if I'm like being too harsh, but I like thoroughly disliked it. Oh, really? Yeah. The thing that I really liked about Hill House, you know, okay, here it goes, comparing, comparing, <laughs> but was like not really even the scares that was like added another layer to it, but it was really about the relationships. And I thought that those were really clearly written out mm-hmm. and really definable and really relatable. And I don't know if it had to do with the funky timeline or the like the way that they were doing the storytelling in this one, but I just could not connect or care about these people. Some of the accents like were throwing me off and I was like, now I just like don't care what you have to say because it's so inauthentic. And I just didn't connect with it at all. But then I watched the last episode and I'm like, suddenly I'm crying. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, didn't see that coming at all. I don't know if that last episode was enough to make me like the whole series. No, I think I was, like, generally let down. Mm-hmm. So. I liked The Haunting of Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. I liked the characters for what they were, and I was able to separate it from The Haunting of Hill House, I think. I also think there's something to be said for what I'm going to call the Tumblr effect. Mm. <laughs> the Tumblr effect to me is when I see something and I like it, and I say, like, cool, that was a piece of media. But then I go on the internet, <laughs> and I, like, I just go on places where fans are all frenzied and talking about what they love and suddenly I love the media mm. more. Like this happened with Captain Marvel where I saw it and I was like, I liked it. And then I go on Tumblr and I'm like, oh my God, Carol Danvers is my wife and I love her. And now the same thing is happening where it's like, I watched The Haunting of Fly Manor, I liked it. And then I was like, oh my God, Danny, mm. I love her. Jamie and Danny are everything. And I just, I think they're so precious and I love their love story. And I think it's, 
it's beautiful. I am upset with, like, the kill your lesbians tropes. They mm-hmm. love to kill lesbians in, like, everything, especially when it's, like, they finally have fallen in love and they get to be happy together. Didn't love the, um, a lot of the episodes, but then they do this swift thing, like Kimmy said, where they get you in the ending. Yeah. That black and white episode, I was so fucking done, but then the ending was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, same thing can be said for the show, but I like the characters. I like thinking about them and sitting with it now. I immediately watched The Hunting of Hill House afterwards. Oh, fuck. Like, oh, God, it was amazing. The whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and? It was, like, a couple days. The like, whole thing? The whole thing? Thing. Yeah. Can we can we low key talk about how Greg Cicero was in it? Oh, I know. I didn't notice. <laughs> and he was he was just there, and he was like, "Hey, I'll be here." So I I can go. One of the things that I watched, I watched the trial of Chicago Seven on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is what we watched. Yeah, yeah. You guys watched it. I really liked it. Me too. And I. Um, me and Daniel were just talking about Did you give air. it five stars? I did give it five stars. I don't know if that was premature. <laughs> Maybe it was like a four and a half. Uh-huh. But like, I love Aaron Sorkin shit. And mm. when I looked up a bunch of letterbox reviews, they were coming for him. In a negative Unfairly way? Unfairly so. Yeah, in a negative way. And I was just talking to Daniel about this off air, like, all the things that they were griping about. I'm like, yeah, but that's why I go watch his stuff. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Because it's pretentious. Like, and it's not fair because, like, you guys liked it one time. Like, yeah. yeah. One time yeah, you yeah, enjoyed yeah. this. That's what I said in my in my letterbox review. I was like, you guys were fine with it in every other movie he's done. Yeah, and yeah. now... But now yeah. that he's a director, they're like, shut up, man. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I, I really liked how it was directed. I don't know if... I, I think, also, I was just, like, not really paying attention analytically because I just put it on with my dad. And I really wasn't expecting to, like really love it I was expecting to be entertained and I really was and I always feel like court case movies like I'm not gonna enjoy them and I always do I'm mm. like yes yes well that's because you haven't seen God's Not Dead too. <laughs> so a few things I would like to say first of all Jeremy Strong <laughs> like what a cutie he is the best and if I could just like listen to him say the word public fornication forever whoa <laughs> Honestly, he's coming for that Oscar. And it's oh. definitely not for this movie. I don't know what it's going to be for, but that dude's going to get an Oscar Just one like day. in his lifetime? <laughs> yeah, well, one day. Like, Hopefully. He's an incredible yeah. actor. He just blows me away in succession, and I and I thought that he was super different in this. Authentically. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, damn, super different. But, like, really... He's like, a dirty little hippie. <laughs> But I bought it. I was like, totally. Here's the last thing that I really want to say on it is something that my dad said when we watched it. So my dad is a lawyer. So there's a part in the film where Sasha Baron Cohen's character is being cross-examined by the counselor. And the counselor says, is that what you thought? I'm paraphrasing. And Sasha Baron Cohen says, you had to give me a minute, counselor. I've never been on trial for my thoughts before. And my dad goes, ugh. Good line. <laughs> I was like, why? He's like, because you can't be on trial for your thoughts. Tell that to the cannibal cop. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Anyways, my dad, my dad definitely scored it a five out of five. He's like, he's just brilliant. He's a brilliant oh, that's writer. Awesome. I was like, yeah, dad, culture. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to say anything about it, Daniel? Yeah, Kimmy inspired me. I'll yeah, say more Kimmy than I was planning me. to. I was not looking forward to the movie because I have a lot of issues with Sorkin's writing as of late. It just feels very self-aware and an excuse to hear himself talk. 
I think the problem started with Steve Jobs, got worse with Molly's game. I was not looking forward to this, and I was pleasantly surprised. I think he's grown as a director, and I was happy to see him use the, the language of film more and be more comfortable that way. And I was pleasantly surprised with Eddie Redmayne's performance. Yeah, I, thought he, oh, I didn't know he was in it. I thought he pulled off the American accent, had a good time. Courtney, Courtney and I watched it. We kept looking at each other and we were like, this is a good time. It was a great time. Yeah, it was like the day that it aired and we just like were, it was also like a nice cold morning. Like when we watched been. a marriage story. It was dope. Ugh. And yeah, we had a grand old time. Ugh, we all love John Carroll Lynch. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and he used to be a mascot on our podcast. He was. It's also like the Sacha Renaissance. And so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really enjoyed the trial of Chicago 7. It's going to get a lot of noms, I'm sure. Rightfully so. There's nothing good about this year. Netflix can have it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I only watched one more thing that I would like to share, and um, it's called Shit House. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I heard about this film. It might have been just like a casual Facebook-promoted trailer or something like that, but I watched the trailer, and like within the first five seconds of the trailer, I was like... (laughs) (laughs) Which with Kimmy is no small feat. Yeah, yeah. very true. Oh, so it's a comedy. It, it's like a, I don't know. <laughs> it's a turtle comedy. It's a comedy. comedy. It's funny, but it's also like very existential, I feel. Shithouse is about a college <laughs> freshman who, he's like six months into his first year of college and he just like can't find his way. He can't connect with people. He doesn't have any friends. His roommate's a douchebag. And he's constantly calling his mom and younger sister who are, and you find out they're also dealing with the recent passing of their father. So that has to do a lot with his clinging to his hometown life and stuff like that. The director, Cooper Rafe, is also the lead actor and writer of the Whoa. film. Whoa, mm. Tommy He's Wiseau. also 23 years old. <laughs> oh my. Which I think is fucking cray. Ambitious. Yeah. This film won South by Southwest Jury Prize. I think that you can tell as you watch it that it is obviously a debut. It's a first attempt. Mm. But if it's any indication of the success this guy is going to have in the future, it was a great mm. first attempt. So um, I I thought that it was incredible that this was this guy's like first try. That's like, nice. I hope that he continues. He's fucking young. I think that's crazy. Um, so we each watched The Crow. I assume you guys watched it together. Mm-hmm. Courtney and Daniel watched it together, and I watched it with Dakota. I've already seen it, as you know, because we did it on the podcast, and it was just, it was exactly what I hoped for. Obviously, I've seen it, but I was like, I'm pretty sure this is just going to really put me in the Halloween mood. And I watched it, and we watched it in the dark, and I was just, like, really vibing with it. And it was like, I was just really loving how funny it is at times, obviously not intentionally, but, like, we were laughing at a bunch of stuff, and then there's parts where they, like, sneak up and get you with an emotional moment, and I was like, ouch. And then uh, <laughs> there are certain parts where now knowing, you know, doing all the research on, like, how he died and everything, like, knowing that that scene where he comes to see Sarah, I was, like, watching really intensely, and he's mm-hmm. in shadow the whole time, and I was like, oh, man. So just... Stuff like that, I just feel like I had a really enjoyable experience the second time, and I would totally watch it again on Halloween, maybe like a couple years down the road. It's mm-hmm. it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it as a mood piece. Totally. I don't think I would put it on again all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It can't I, rain all the time. No. <laughs> oh, I was, my God. <laughs> can't rain all the time. <laughs> I was really impressed with the production value of it. Mm, and yeah. Not to quote my own letterbox review but <laughs> it felt like goth blade runner the yeah. original blade runner mm-hmm. and 
I, I liked it. Other than that, I don't have much to say, but That's I had fun. a good time watching it. I really liked the main bad guy. I right, loved his voice. Can you tell me the name of the character? Was it Skang? Top Dollar. Oh, Top yeah. Dollar. Top Dollar, oh. played by Michael Wincott, who has been on Westworld. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> his hair just, like, really freaks He's me out. He's from Treasure Planet. He is in Treasure Planet. Oh, really? Which I asked Daniel to watch with me, and then he went and watched it with his girlfriend. What the fuck, Daniel? <laughs> what can I say? Hoes before other hoes. <laughs> But yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, cool. I'm, glad I'm glad I watched, watched it, it and I liked your guys' episode yeah. on it. Fun. That's one of my favorite episodes. I really like mm-hmm. that one. To directly quote my Letterbox review, <laughs> I said The Crow should be a ballet. Because the whole time I was watching it, I just kept looking at Brendan Lee's hot body. <laughs> he looks fucking amazing. Yo, in that he's movie. so ripped. And I was like, I just would love, like, you know, he's so. Especially when he's flings yes, out the window. When he's, like, reliving the trauma of yeah. that night and he's, like, dancing all around his room and he's, like, l- doing freaking, like, chest presses out yeah. a window. I was yeah. like, this would be a great ballet. Yeah, I could see it. And I, I really think that would slap. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Yeah. You guys, this may just be me, but do you guys watch stuff and you think, oh, I need to work out right now? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. I'm us- it's usually more like, you need to eat less french fries. We're literal <laughs> women. <laughs> but you want to be buff. No, instead we're like, guess I'll star. <laughs> <laughs> guess I need to go hungry. Uh, Is yes. that how the crow made you feel? <laughs> eat less french like, fries. I can't do that stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I finally found that video. I told Kayleen about this oh, video. Which one? The flipping video of you on oh. your birthday when we were drunk in I've the never been garage. in that good of shape ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was peak Daniel. Daniel, on his 21st birthday, we went and saw Trainwreck together. And as we were waiting for our Uber, Daniel like goes up to this stop sign and he does like a sideways handstand on the stop sign. Like Zach Efron can do? Mm-hmm. Like Cirque du Soleil can do. I think it's called flagging. Yeah, I think it is. Can you freaking do that? I could. <laughs> now I'd probably break a hip. And those are the thoughts he has when watching The Crow. That's incredible, Dan. And that was how I felt after watching The, the Crow. <laughs> and then Brandon Lee was like, oh, you mean this? Damn. And then uh, the three of us, did you watch Rebecca? No. The three of us ladies watched Rebecca together. The new Rebecca. The new Rebecca. Rebecca 2020, and boy was it very 2020. It was. I was proud of how 2020 it was. Yeah, they let her drive a car and wear (laughs) pants. There was CG in it. Was there? No, I don't know. Uh, There was like like some serious backdrops that were pretty to look at. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's, it's also kind of like, you know, they lied back in the day, too. They just had paintings, so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they had oil paintings. Yeah. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Also, like, I'm not going to quote my Letterboxd review, but if you follow me on Letterboxd, it's one of my favorite reviews. I laughed a lot at myself. Um, <laughs> basically, I don't really get why there's a ton of criticism. Like, I get that Hitchcock is the original. Oh, my God. But <laughs> that's an impression of me, by the way. <laughs> but, oh my god! <laughs> but I really liked that they they heard my concerns and they were like, "I know you think it's going to be misogynistic. We'll fix it." Do you want to look at two hot people? Yes, I do. And I, like I said on my review, 
I just don't know if Rebecca's that good of a story. Like, I think it's kind of thin. I even said that when we talked about it on our episode. I mean, it's a novel from 1938. Um, I mean, yeah, I I like Daphne du Maurier, and I think she's a really strong writer. And it's, like, a beautiful piece to read. mm -hmm. And then you watch it, and you're like, yeah, that's... Oh, my God, she's dead? Who is she? Wow, did the husband kill her? Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, but not back in the day. They were like, no, it was an accident. Listen to our episode, Rebecca. Yeah, so I enjoyed it. Loved the pants. Yeah. Loved the outfits. Loved the Ooh, loved good outfit. The hair. I hope it gets some costume noms. Mm-hmm. Lily James is just so enjoyable to look at. To look at. I think she just is like a piece of sunshine. Oh. She is. And she looks so cute as young Donna in Mamma Mia 2, like in the 70s garb. Mm-hmm. She looks so cute in Modern Day Baby Driver and mm-hmm. Yesterday. And she can pull off these 20s looks and Cinderella and yeah. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah. She looks really good in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Really charismatic. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Like, even in something like, <laughs> I imagine, was the movie you just mentioned? The ABBA Yesterday? one? Yesterday? Oh, Mamma Mia 2. Oh, okay, thank you for bringing no, up she's Yesterday. No, the, she's the fucking best in Mamma Mia 2. That movie mm-hmm. sucks, except for her. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad yesterday? you mentioned Yesterday, because that's, that's a paper-thin part, but yeah. she makes so yeah. much of it. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Daniel, do you want to talk about what you watched this week? Sure. I watched Mulholland Drive. Oh, yeah. And I did it. So I did it to catch up on the episodes. Yeah, this is like the reunion of all of our episodes. I know. (laughs) It is. There had been episodes that I had been saving of your podcast because I wanted to see the movie Mm -hmm. first. And I had put Mulholland Drive off for a long time because I feel like David Lynch is definitely something that you have to be in the mood for. Mm. And that was not a rabbit hole I wanted to go down. (laughs) So I finally watched the movie, and I really enjoyed it. I Mm -hmm. thought it was accessible and really funny. I was not expecting it to be so funny, but sometimes I I thought I was watching Tommy Wiseau's The Room, Mm -hmm. but but in a good way, like intentionally that way. (laughs) And I I thought it was really funny, and then it got dark, and I Naomi Watts is great. Yes. Oh my gosh, she's iconic. But I, I liked it. And I really liked your episode on it. I, it was a good thing to follow up with mm-hmm. because uh, really cleared things up that I felt I had missed. Yay. What I like about it is that I really liked watching Twin Peaks, but obviously engulfing an entire David Lynch show is like such a thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mulholland is qu- like not quick, but quick. Yeah. You can watch it over and over if you want. And that was one thing. I'm not very familiar with his oeuvre, but I know mm. I know the basics. And so some things I was seeing in the movie, it's like, David, you have your stuff you like to he do. He totally does, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, should I talk about the other stuff yeah, I watched? Yeah. There's going to be... i away by the fact that you said oeuvre on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've said oeuvre. Have you really? Yes. <laughs> wow. What an incredible word. I was watching the oeuvre of Celeste and... <laughs> The perpetuity of her career really elucidated Mulholland Drive. <laughs> it's a Vox Lux joke. Oh, really? <laughs> God, Kayleen, that was for you. That was so long ago. <sighs> <laughs> so Courtney and I have been on a big documentary kick. Mm-hmm. To see to see honesty on film feels really good and really personal human stories. So I'm going to start with the more depressing one, and then I'm going to end with the happy one uh the first thing we watched was the woman who wasn't there which is a really fun documentary i just saw your review on it about a woman (laughs) pretending she was in Mm 9-11 and she got really embedded in a bunch of survivors groups she became the president of the survivors group and she has the most ridiculous story about how she saw one of the play it's really 
And I'm not trying to be tasteless. Yeah. Just her story is so disrespectful and gross. Mm-hmm. She says that she saw one of the planes coming and she incorporated this this really well-known person who saved a lot of people during Wells 9/11. Wells Crowther. Yeah. Who's the man with the red bandana who was, mm. he had a red bandana on his face as he saved people's lives, ushering them I downstairs see. and then he gave his life in the process. Wow. So she, she basically made this greatest hits 9-11 story. They never interviewed the person because she's, she has totally isolated yeah. herself from everyone, but uh, they interview a lot of the people who were actually involved in 9-11 I was really appreciative appreciative of their them telling their stories and being so open about being openly disrespected mm-hmm. like that. Adding to the documentary thing, Courtney and I have also been seeking out movies that are 90 minutes long because mm. that's perfect. Mm-hmm. You feel like you've done something. Well, also, the woman who wasn't there was 65 minutes and Danny went, I am wet! <laughs> <laughs> but that was because of the subject matter. Not that. <laughs> oh my god. Um, So the other documentary I want to mention is called Life Animated, which is about this... Did I write his name down? I didn't. I think his name is Owen... Owen. Owen Suskind? Suskind. Suskind. With a D at the end. Who is a person who has autism, Mm -hmm. and it had really caught his parents off guard. And it was during that time where not a lot was known about autism. Mm -hmm. And so he had stopped communicating entirely, and his parents were really worried about that. And then... Through Disney films, he learns to communicate, and it it documents how that happened and how he's doing now. And he is such a delight to watch. Aww. He and he's he's really sweet. And I don't want to spoil it, but there's some really good cameos from oh, people who are in a Disney movie. Ooh. And he loses his mind, and it's wonderful. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Dana and I just were beaming the whole time we were watching it, and just kept looking at each other, and we we're like, "This is this is what we need right now. That's so this nice. Is, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really uplifting. You would cry. Oh God, <laughs> Look I her, fucking cried right now. Did you cry? Even, yeah, I did. Because oh. it's yeah. The last thing on my list of things that I watched this week that I just want to hardcore recommend, but I'm not even willing to save it for my recommendation for the week is the Queen's Gambit oh, on right, Netflix. Right, right. Watched it so fast, which I feel like I haven't been able to do with a lot of television. Mm-hmm. I've been pacing myself, or it's like the follow-up of Umbrella Academy, and I want to pace myself. But this one, I have just not been so gripped by the collar of a show and just pulled in in every way. I fucking love chess. Chess is just so sexy, yeah. and um, I just, I love it. And, and I'm also, like, really pro this show. Having bad things happen to a character, but the things you're like, please don't do that, they don't do. Like, there have been multiple instances where I'm like, is it really going to go down this, like, sexual assault route? And it fucking doesn't, and I love it. And instead, it's just, like, there are other things a woman can experience that will then help her to grow as a person. And it's like, that's not what makes a person grow. And Mm. I just think that she is a powerhouse. It's a phenomenal show. The writing is excellent. And I requested the book from the library. It's Mm. so fucking good. Yeah. That's so cool. Anyways, it's time for questions related to the movie The Click. Oh yeah, should we say should we say oh, Yeah, we're doing the movie to click. <laughs> you clicked it. Click it or click it. Oh my god. Wait, so we're not doing Adam Sandler's click. We're doing Adam Sandler's the click. <laughs> and he has his period? Shut up. Anyways. <laughs> it's time to talk about the click. Question number one, Daniel, you wanna say it. I know you wanna say it. My first question? <laughs> yes. When did you first have your period? <laughs> Do you have 
your first period? Now I'm confused. She didn't even get through it. I didn't think she was gonna alley oop. I didn't think she was gonna alley oop to me. <laughs> yes. Anyways, questions related to the movie The Click. Question number one: What is your favorite Rags to Riches movie transformation? So I took a well for my joke answer. I took a broad interpretation of the question. Uh, I put Gone Girl because. The bar gets franchised. That's a successful <laughs> business story. <laughs> and the amazing Amy series gets revitalized. Mm, yeah. That's a great feel-good story. Yeah. Okay, my starting with my real answers, I have Courtney's favorite movie starring Bradley Cooper. Fucking oh, no. Star oh, is no. Born? Limitless. It's Limitless. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be Star is Born. That might be my favorite Bradley Cooper movie. It's, I love that Never movie. Never mind, American Hustle. I've and never seen it. You've never seen it. You would love it, I, I think. Yeah, I think but you would. It's about a guy. It's like a perfect B movie. It's about a guy who's down on his luck. He does some drugs that make you smart, mm-hmm. and he turns his life around. And mm. my favorite part of the movie is just watching him go from a schlub to successful. Mm-hmm. That's the most compelling part. It gets a little silly towards the end, but that's my favorite one. Rags to Riches story. My second one is There Will Be Blood. Nice. Which, Ooh, no spoilers. I haven't seen. My my joke answer aside, I feel like this movie epitomizes the American dream mm-hmm. in a way that is that kind of what it's about. A little bit, mm-hmm. but it's it's really critical. Like, how far are you going to oh, go? What are you willing to become yeah. to become rich? Interesting. Wow, that was like a really intelligent answer. I think all of us chose makeover montages. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> let's watch it tonight, Kimmy. Well, what can I say? This is the Wem show with Daniel. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Which is like the girly version. show with Tracy Jordan. Was that it? That's it. Okay, cool. Those are good answers. Can I go next? Yeah. Just, I don't think you're going to mention them, but I, I'm going to say them first. Um, my honorable mention is Mia from The Princess Diaries. Nice. Pauls. <laughs> um, and then my real answer, which it's like, I feel like it could be the poster child for this description, but I was obsessed with this as a kid. I've seen it so many times. Oh my it's God. Annie the Musical. Fuck you. Which one? The, the 80, 82 okay, good, one. good, because mine's the 99 one. I have never seen the 99 one, but that's funny. I love the 82 one. I love that Annie. I love the Warbucks. I love, what's the what's the other girl's name? Carol Burnett. Is that Miss her name Hannigan. in the movie? Miss Hannigan? Yeah, Miss Hannigan. Carol Burnett. Yeah, she, yeah she's really yeah. good. And Bernadette Peters is mm-hmm. in the 80s version. I just, I love that movie. I've literally seen it so many times. I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know if it, like, holds up to the degree that I'm holding it in my head, but I would hope so. I'll go next, because she took mine. Sort of. <laughs> uh, my honorable mention, similar to a Mia from Princess Diaries, is Gracie Lou Freebush. Gracie Hart from Miss Congeniality. Gotcha. That's a good one. Uh, Sandra Bullock is hot. She was also hot when she had the glasses and the braids, and she was making a microwave Hunger Man dinner, and she was mm. beating up that punching bag in her living room. Mm-hmm. Mm. She's hot. Um, and then my answer, I love the 1982 Annie as well. That's one that I, I always, like would watch but then wonderful world of disney came out with the 1999 version with victor garber as daddy yeah. warbucks yeah. and kathy bates as miss hannigan yeah and then Kristen chenoweth mm. and alan cumming yeah and then the young girl named alicia morton was amazing and she was annie and just you know seeing a sweet little 
Great Depression baby, like, wearing a whole <laughs> bunch of aprons. Yeah. Suddenly wearing, like, this cute baby doll dress with her hair all done in, in one, one song transformation. I yeah. I feel like even if it was literally, like, a 10 out of 10, I'd be like, I can't get the old one out of my brain. No, you know? it's it's fire. I, I watched it when Disney Plus first came out. It's a 10 out of 10. The other one's Is great. Is that the first time you saw it? Was it when Disney Plus came out? No. Oh, okay, I, okay. I had the VHS for this one, and oh, I had the VHS insane. for the other one, and I loved the other one, but then 1999 hit, I and I was like, <laughs> No! It's amazing. Kathy Bates is so good in it. It's, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, so for my honorable mention, I know this choice is like semi-problematic, but it's also fucking iconic. It's Sandy from Greece. That's not that oh. problematic. I mean, people are like, don't change for your man. Well, like, he turns into a dweeb. People yeah. always forget that. I know. They do. Yeah. It's like, sorry that her version was way cooler, and so he was like, let's stick with your version. She was fucking slick as hell. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. like... Tell me about it, said. Like, who doesn't fucking remember that shit? For the rest of time and existence, ever! Okay. My real answer is, um, Steve Carell's transformation in Crazy Stupid Love. I thought you were going to say 40-year-old version. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were wow. going to say the way, way back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love how he gets worse by the end. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I love the Velcro. Like, everything about that him is so, so, like... so fucking yeah, funny. He's just such a wreck, and, like, Ryan Gosling fucking yeah. suits him up, and... Mm-hmm. I love his resistance to it because, you know, like, all those, like, makeover montages are like, oh, it just works out, you know, but he's, like, begrudgingly doing mm-hmm. it, yeah. you know, and then, but then by the end, you know, he's, like, living it, and mm-hmm. I think that's really great. Question number two, which movie character do you think needed a timeout or, like, a major attitude <laughs> adjustment? Just a real motherfucker. Okay. Oh. The, obviously, this guy is really zany, but... The boss from the assistant. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> really zany. Uh, no, sorry, I had to. My real answer: uh, Jessica Hyde from the TV show Utopia. Such a unlikable, mm. disgusting protagonist who kind of ruins the show. Yeah, she's, she's a terrible person, and it's impossible to empathize with her. Is that the one you talked about being horrible? Yep. And my second, my second real answer is Tom from Five Hundred Days of Summer because I feel like he has a really That's a great limited view on love. JGL would agree with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and over the course of the film, he grows. Yeah. yeah, a lot, and I appreciate that. Dang. Okay, I have two honorable mentions and then a real answer. I guess my real <laughs> answer is just to be like funny, and it's one word. Uh, my two honorable mentions are both Evan Rachel Wood characters. Oh, number one, Tracy from Thirteen. If her mom had just given her some therapy and, like, pulled her a little bit away. <laughs> Both of those kids really need an attitude Both of them really needed a timeout and just to, to pull, be pulled away from each other. The other one is Evan Rachel Wood as Kimberly Joyce from the movie Pretty Persuasion, which is a movie about a young sociopathic teenager. Oh. And she ruins everyone's time and life in this movie. It's really good, and it's funny, too, because she was offered, I think, Regina George's part in Mean Girls, mm. but she was like, no, I just did a movie like that, and it's so funny that Evan Rachel Wood, just the icon that she is, would say that, because she did, like, a really dark indie film that, like, won a bunch of Sundance Awards, and she's like, Mean Girls sounds too similar, <laughs> but it's just because she was playing, like, a queen bee, but, mm-hmm. um... She, like, seduces teachers and reporters. She spreads false allegations of sexual assault at her wow. school. She destroys her best friend's life. She she causes so much chaos. And it's it's super good. Uh, my answer is Anakin. <laughs> Fuck you! Uh, yeah, yeah. No, my answer was Anakin. <laughs> so, to be fair, Kim 
Kimberly. Yeah. Kimmy was sitting on the couch earlier today, and it was like 5.30, and she's like, <laughs> I know my answer. Oh, I'm so funny. I know my answer. And I was like, I'm going first, because I thought of my answer way sooner, and I was super proud of Anakin. <laughs> That's a great answer. Yeah, Anakin okay. needs a timeout. At any point in time. Sorry, Kimmy. Damn it. I, I, I get re- to go first. I really thought that you weren't going to oh, do I that. Anakin That's was so a good crazy. Answer. Okay, well, I'll just say my honorable mention as an answer because it's warranted. Um, the little kid from the Babadook. Yeah, I figured that would be something up. That's a great answer. Like, why can't he just be normal? Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, now that you live here, we do that a lot. We do it just a lot. I just think that he's, like, the epitome of, like, my fears of, like, being a mom, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. God forbid, like, this kid. He's a handful. He's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Terrifying. I'm sorry, but help. you're probably going to have a kid like this. I'm, you know what? <laughs> you used to do that. I don't doubt it, because I used to be that kid to my poor parents. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. I was an angel. I hope I have angel children. Yeah, I was an angel. <laughs> the part where he throws the firecrackers yeah. at her. I'm just like... It's so spiteful. I want to slap you. Yeah. So, my honorable mention is... Also from the Princess Diaries, it's Lily. She even says, my mom thinks I need an attitude adjustment, and she's such a bad fucking friend. And then my real answer, which partially, they kind of all get attitude adjustments, but I said, the entire cast of Home Alone needs an attitude adjustment. Mm. Kevin needs one. He's, like, such a douche to his mother. His parents need one because, obviously, they're, like, so mad at him that they subconsciously forget him, and his whole fucking family is just a bunch of douchebags. So in the end, like, they do all make up, but it's like, I feel like the only person who really got an attitude adjustment was Kevin, and they all need one. Yes. Okay, it's time for the click. Click. What do you think is going to happen in this Adam Sandler movie? No. (laughs) First, I want to guess the name of the clip. Okay, so we sent them um, no trailer. They got the logline for the movie, which is a young girl moves into the pool house of some other rich girl and has to, like, mm-hmm. try to fit in. In the book and in the movie, they have a name for this group, kind of like the Plastics or the Heathers. And so it is a rhyming term. What do you think So it's if it's called? rhyming, it's a lot like the Six Chicks. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have you come up with some? I have, but it's... It's a big swing. No okay. one's going to get it, probably. Unless, so, yeah. I, I, I like, don't want to say them all because it's too many, and some of them are just, like, off the rails, but I just thought they were funny. You could rattle through them like David Spade. All right, let's go. We got Four Whores, Pearl Girls, <laughs> Mod Squad, Chic Streak, Thick Chicks, and Sassy Lassies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy we told you it right. <laughs> That's really good. Sassy Lassies is the closest and the best. Is it really? I really like Mod Squad. Your turn. The cunt punts. Oh Daniel! I'm not good at this shit, so I was like, gotta take a big swing. That's good. It's a good swing. You said the four horrors, and I was thinking, the four horrors of the apocalypse. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can I tell you? Yes. They're called, it's not gonna be as fun, sorry. <laughs> it's a children's book series. The Pretty Committee. Oh, oh that good. is clever. That is good. Yeah. That's funny. All right. Go for it. What are your predictions? What's going to happen with first. the Pretty Committee and um, this new girl? So I wrote, new girl comes into school, gets adopted by click of girls, all of whom have a single character trait. The leader is a bitch, and that's the main antagonist. And the protagonist, new girl, seeks to humble the girls, or to be different from mean girls, she improves them from kindness. 
just to be different from Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. It's going to end with the click broken up, but everyone will be better off. Mm. Kayleen, what are your predictions? I'm kind of feeling more like Cheetah Girls vibes. Where like maybe, I mean, I think there's going to be a big thing to do with wealth. Because she's like living in her pool house. And you said they're all wealthy. So like, I think this girl, I feel like in order to actually be their friend, she's going to have to like make up her popularity or like get rumors started about herself Mm -hmm. or something like that you know like kind of force infiltrate herself into the system I don't feel like they're just gonna automatically be nice to her I mean I guess if they are I think it would be like a Katie Heron situation where they're like not really that nice like they don't really count her as one of them Mm -hmm. but I want to say I just think it'd be more interesting if she like wants to be in the clique so badly that she makes something up and then people think, like, she's this mysterious new girl. I mean, I think his predictions were really good. I think that they're definitely going to get in a fight. But I hope that it's through sabotage, a la Mean Girls, mm-hmm. from this chick. And also, like, where do <laughs> boys come into this? I'm sure there's going to be boy drama. I feel like there's going to be a lot of silly insults. Like, that in no movie. Idea. Oh. In, like, like, as in... You're a dumpster frumpster, stuff like that. It's worse. <laughs> Get ready. Come dumpster. Actually, shut up. <laughs> There's like only one formula for their insults, and it's repeated all the time. So I cannot wait to share. I'm excited with you. Yeah. Any leading questions? I think you guys got it. Okay. Yeah. It's a straight to DVD movie. <laughs> Any fun facts? Fun fact number one of two. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the trivia page for this was a joke. Um, we're going off of Courtney knowledge here. Mm. Um, there are 15 books in the Click series with several spin-offs, including a graphic novel, and they were published from 2004 to 2011. Uh, second fun fact, there's also a Nintendo DS video game. <laughs> Holy s- Wow. Called wow. Diss and Makeup. Here we go! I have a fun fact. Yeah. Tyra Banks produced it, and I was really surprised about that. Maybe because of life size. Does she- what is that? Oh, I'm sorry. Daniel. What? God, Daniel's not a girl! Ugh. I keep forgetting! Do you really not know what life size is? Why would I know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> just seems like a weird swing. It is, but I mean, it's just, it was. it's also what Warner Brothers made, so they were probably like, Tyra, give us some of your top model money. <laughs> Can I ask one more question? Yeah, of Sorry. Course. Is the book series popular? It was very it, popular. At the time, I think it was incredibly popular. Okay. I mean, it has every completely died out now. No yeah. girl knows what this is. Anyways. Okay. The movie opens with a song that... Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. There's another huge fun fact we're neglecting. Oh. <laughs> There's a huge fun fact. Oh, about her? Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well... <laughs> Are you in the movie? I'm not in the movie. <laughs> but almost. I did audition for a role oh. in the movie when I was a child. Yes. And you auditioned with a person in the movie. I auditioned with one of the girls... Who got in the movie? Yes. Mm. And also, you know what? I, it was hilarious because when you guys suggested this, it came flooding back to me as a memory that I had not peaked at in like a million, million years. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of, I started remembering the audition process. Um, yeah. So that—that's the story. <laughs> I love it. I don't know which character I auditioned for. You said Kristen. So mm-hmm. Kimmy sadly lost out on the role to. Disney Channel star Bridget Mendler, and so Kimmy should have been on Good Luck Charlie. It's really yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, it's quite funny. Yes. I, I wish you were in it. Aw. Okay. Here it goes. 
So the movie opens with a song that sounds like the opening to Desperate Housewives episode, a little bit. And it's over a plaid background with the title of Whoa. the film, which is reflective of how the books looked themselves. Mm. And there's a piercing yell that we can hear from the outside of the house. We freaking crash zoom into the main character of the movie, Massey Block's bedroom. Whoa. Massey, Massey. Block. Yes. She's screaming at her parents. She says, oh my God, you are single-handedly ruining my life. <laughs> She's upset because her parents will not let her attend the last house party of uh, winter break because tonight the lions are coming over for dinner tonight. And she says, the lions are the tigers and bears coming too. Oh my. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's explained in very, very thick exposition from Massey's father that Jay Lion, her father's friend from college, is bringing his family. They're moving from Florida to come live there with them in their guest house while they get back on their feet. And Massey has to be there to greet them. Massey has a little tantrum as she often does in, throughout this movie. So get ready. Um, she vents to her pug, Bean, yes, oh my God. <laughs> that's the name of the dog, about how this will be her worst nightmare if she can't go to this party, wow. worse than when her Amex was rejected, worse than when she lost her Prada bag. Exposition on her character. <laughs> Hashtag relatable. Were you guys watching This Is Paris I was instead? Matthew concludes that if she can't go, no one can. And she gets on a four-way call with all of her yes. best friends, Alicia, Dylan, <laughs> and Kristen. And she starts a rumor that the girl who is hosting the house party has lice. <laughs> so they all decide that it's better to stay away. That's the middle school equivalent of an STD. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, would you not go to somebody's house if it was like, she has chlamydia? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would stay away from the house. <laughs> Lice, I would stay away from that. Yeah, house. that's true. Through this phone call, we are kind of introduced to each girl's respective character traits. You're right, Daniel. Click. Alicia is very vain and beautiful, and I forgot to write this down, but another character trait that is heavily mentioned in the book is that she is the most developed girl. Oh, she has, oh. it's big boobs. frequent. They're like her giant knockers knocking together. <laughs> <laughs> Angus thongs and full frontal snog. In this in this movie, she's a normal teenager. Do um, they still like talk it up though? They, they do, do one time. One okay, and it's it doesn't make sense. Okay, because she's a tiny little girl. Then we have Dylan, the redhead of the group. She has issues with her weight, even though she's literally a child. Okay, oh. I would like to touch on this. So, I thought back to when I read the books as a kid. Yeah, Dylan, the entire book series, all of the books, is obsessed with her weight. To the point where I had imprinted this thought that she is fat. So, I'm remembering back to this book series, and I was like, Dylan must have been huge, and like she's popular because she's rich, but like, and her mom is like famous, but she really struggles with her weight this whole time. And there are so many times in the books where it's like her mom says, Once you lose 20 pounds, I'll buy you a whole new wardrobe. Uh And then Dylan, like, goes on all these crazy diets to the point where I went on, like, the Wikipedia page, the Click Wiki, and it was (laughs) like, Dylan is obsessed with her weight. In this book, she goes on an all-brand diet and spends most of the book in the bathroom. (laughs) And I was like, turns out, the writer Lissy Harrison just was like, no, it's like a full frontal eating disorder. Like, Dylan is average size, and it's stated in the book and in the movie She's a skinny girl. Like, mm-hmm. she's a normal-sized teen, and the whole time she's obsessed with her weight, and her mom makes fun of her weight, and I was like, this is a yikes. It's interesting that in the book they wouldn't 
I guess maybe they just, like, wanted you to piece it together, but, like, it's interesting that they wouldn't clarify that she's extremely thin. Those are my thoughts on Dylan. It was actually really sad to watch, too, because I'm an adult now, and I'm like, that's a, that's a small child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm guessing the movie really handles it in a respectful... No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The last person of the group is Kristen, and she's obsessed with school. Later, Massey is reading Teen Vogue by her indoor pool. Hell yeah. And her mom says that if Massey is nice to the lion's daughter, Claire, then Massey can go to the party later. And Massey thanks her mom. Thank you, thank you. And gets her outfit ready for the party, which I might add is in a closet of its own. Just a singular outfit on a mannequin is in its own individualized closet for each outfit of the day. Like a wardrobe. So she opens it up and inside the wardrobe are photos of herself. Ah! Yeah. It's like a shrine. So it's like a locker? But... Yep. Wow. <laughs> wow. That night, the lions arrive in a minivan. And they're wearing a whole bunch of, like, thick winter coats. They're all bundled up. Ew, and they're, they're so poor. They're exactly. so poor. They show up wearing rags. <laughs> <laughs> they're all bundled up. To riches and, uh, they go. Yeah. Massey sees them from inside of her bedroom window, and she's looking down at them. And she says to her dog, Ugh, Bean. What's worse than a fashion don't? Oh, no. What do you guys think she's going to say? A fashion won't. (laughs) She says, a fashion don't even think about it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, so the blocks and the lions are, like, having a nice time, and they're all like, yay, good to see you, whatever. And Massey comes in and is just, like, full bitch mode. She's, like, holding her dog, and, like, they go to pet her dog, and she's like, excuse me? And we realize that Claire's little brother, Todd, is played by none other than child Dylan Minnette from 13 oh, Reasons Why. That kid's been oh. acting for a long ass time. He has. He's and so he's so squishy. cute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got like really little baby cheeks Aww. and he's he's amazing at it. He's he, nice. he's just a really good job. To be honest, has like the best comedic timing out of anybody in the entire movie. Yeah. I think he's a good actor. He is a good actor. At dinner time, Massey is being really passive-aggressive and rude. Claire then gives Massey a present, and she opens it up, and it's a microphone charm to go on her charm bracelet. Mm. However, it's silver and probably very cheap. And <laughs> Ew, poverty. Massey, yeah, Massey goes to put it on her gold bracelet, and she doesn't like it because Massey hasn't cared about singing since she was, like, seven. Mm. They talk about where Massey goes to school. She goes to Octavian Country Day, which is an all-girls school and is referred to a billion times throughout the book series as OCD. Oh. Massey, like, starts cleaning everyone's dinner plates, even though they're still eating, because she wants for yeah. the dinner to be over so that she can go to the party. And as she's stealing everyone's dinner plates, she goes into the kitchen and, like, tosses them in the sink, and it's like, I'm ready to go to the party. And her mom says, why don't you take Claire? Ah. And Massey says, never mind, I'm feeling sick. (gasps) She would rather not go at all. She would rather not go at all. Her reputation. Yeah. That night, Claire talks to her mom about how TJ Maxx isn't going to cut it here, Mom. Wow. I just want to fit in. And even though it's been a little bit pricey with the move, her mom finally agrees, okay, maybe we can go on a little shopping trip and get, like, a new sweater or two. Mm. The next day, Massey rides her horse. She has a horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course she does. Of course she's. Does she ride it English? She does ride it English. <laughs> yes. She also has her own private horse trail that she's riding on somewhere in the many, many acres of her backyard. Mm. Uh, and she runs into a boy who is also riding a horse and she goes, Watch out! Don't you know that this is a private trail? And this boy takes his helmet off, shakes out his beachy 
shoulder length hair. He's the hottest boy from Briarwood, which is the brother school to OCD. Mm. It's Chris Abley. Who's that? That's the name of That's the boy. That's not the actor. Oh, God, I got it. <laughs> yeah. And the, the name of the child. Yeah, the whole time his name is referred to as if it's one name. It's Chris Abley. Chris Abley. Ooh, Chris Abley. Chris Abley. He says, I must have made a wrong turn. And Massey, with the cunning of a thirsty 30-year-old woman, <laughs> says, or maybe the right one. She's, like, wow. really good at She's flirting. She's really good at flirting. It's, <laughs> it's really young. Where are her parents? <laughs> Later that day, Claire and her mom are shopping, and they're trying to find the perfect outfit for Claire to wear to her first day at OCD. And she picks out these white skinny jeans, and she says they're perfect, but her mom says they are too expensive. She says, well, Mom, you wait here. I'm going to go check the store next door. Um, I'm not going to buy anything, I promise. I'm just trying to get ideas. And while she's in this other really, really chic store with, like, $395 price tags all over it, she runs into Dylan, who she doesn't know is Massey's friend yet. But she sees that Dylan is having a fight with her mom in the store about how her mom will not get her the pants she wants until she's back to a size four from a size six. Oh, fuck. Ooh. Claire and Dylan bond about how moms just don't get it. And Claire has this really clever idea that she should should just switch the tags and um, so that her mom doesn't know that she's buying the other size and she can exhale. Wow. <laughs> That's a legit line. Also, like, is she a six? I feel like if she's fucking 13, she's not a six. Especially because we're in, like, an adult store. Yeah. yeah. She's a child. That's exactly what I'm feeling. <laughs> Um, and that night, Claire's mom surprises her with the expensive white skinny jeans that she wanted at the store. And the next morning, Claire gets ready for school, and she is wearing just this bizarre outfit, but it's, like, it's for the times. (laughs) She's got her white skinny jeans on and this, like, pink belt with a long shirt. There's a lot of, like, long shirts that cover your foot. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Those were the best. And it's this, like, (laughs) bright teal with glittery pink writing on it that says, good girls go to Orlando, bad girls go to Miami. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. And she's also just, like, she's dressed like how we would dress. She's not dressed how Gossip Girl would dress. Yes, but basically... She's getting ready for school, and her mom says, Massey and her driver will take you to school. And Claire's like, a driver? Uh, And so she gets into the big fancy car that Massey has, and Massey says to her something that will be repeated countless times throughout the film. She says, God, Claire. That's how she says her name. And that's like how it's written in the book all the time. Oh, really? Claire. Claire. So anyways, Claire is in the car, and then Massey gets into the car and goes, God, Claire! (laughs) You shouldn't sneak up on people like that. (laughs) It's kind of of like an, ew, David. (laughs) Don't do that. Yes. It's ridiculous. Um, And then she's like, Claire, you need to sit in the back seat. It's sad. So Claire, like, hops into the back seat, and she's totally for it. She's like, okay. So they can go pick up other people on the way to school. And as they go outside of each person's house, Massey rolls down the window and rates her friend's outfits on a scale of 1 to 10 before they get into the Whoa. car. Did she make anyone turn around? She didn't make anyone turn around. Whoa. But she, like, sizes them up and says, like, what they're wearing. It's like, ooh, a Michael Kors handbag with the Ralph Lauren from 2001. I don't 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, 2020, but that's not the case. Um... So she, like, comments on all their outfits. Meanwhile, Claire's in the back seat, and she's eating gummy feet. And she's like, who wants some gummy feet? What are gummy feet? Literally, gummies shaped like feet. Yeah. What? Um, 
candy. Is that some yes. weird Florida thing? No, it's just gummy feet. And there's like a really funny scene too where she like offers it to Massey's friends and Dylan is like, it's not funny actually. Dylan's like, I don't eat sugar. Oh no. But then Massey says, I don't eat feet. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is funny. And Quentin Tarantino says you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Anyways, Dylan recognizes Claire from the day before and, like, loves that. And is like, Claire, I love you. Oh, my Aww. God. Like, thank you so much for your help yesterday. And Bazzy's pissed. So they arrive at school. And there's a whole bit where they strut down the halls. And they're clearly, like, the queens of the fucking school. Claire gets left behind in the car, and the driver, like, forgets that she's in the car. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Claire. And she gets out, she's walking up the steps, and she's suddenly body slammed by a boy on a skateboard. <gasps> it's Chris Avery. I knew it! And they <laughs> immediately hit it off. Yes! Steal Chris. Steal Chris. <laughs> Claire is just, like, totally just, she doesn't need, she can't even say sentences in front mm. of him, and he thinks that's kind of cute. And Massey sees, and she's just horror struck. She even, like, throws away one of her earrings because she lost the other one. Oh. And they're like, why are you having such a temper tantrum, Massey? What's going on? She's like, I can't just wear one earring. I'll look like Johnny Depp. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, wasn't that a diamond? And she's like, ugh. Wow. Claire runs into the pretty committee as Massey is having this crazy tantrum. And she asks where room 41 is. And Massey says, walk out these double doors, take the next flight out of JFK, and fly back to wherever the hell you came from. Whoa, <laughs> Whoa. Massey. With Claire... an hell? Yeah, she says hell. Is wow. double hockey yeah. stick? Get ready. Claire says, I don't get it. What's what's going on, Massey? And Massey iconically says, Claire, did I invite you to my BBQ? <laughs> Then why are you all up in my grill? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Then Claire says, why are you acting like... Massey says, like a what? And she says, I don't know, like a bitch. You didn't tell me this was a 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's spicy. It was the wrong thing to say because you can tell Massey's ready to destroy Claire, Mm. whatever the cost. Yes. Also, that was the way they formulate their burns. It is that. It's asking someone a question. (laughs) And when they say, huh, you answer the question. And so I would like to read you a couple from the book. Nice. That we will not get in the movie because you'll see why. Oh, no. (laughs) Did I ask you to take my temperature? Then why are you all up in my butt? (laughs) What? later but um am i a vampire no that's a stupid one because <laughs> you're all up in my butt <laughs> uh, oh my god um i guess i'll go with this one they're really not that good is this freaky friday then why are you trying to steal my identity <laughs> Courtney, you That's know I'm going to be making up my own for like the, yeah, next, please. the next few months. I can do one more, but they suck. Those were the two best. Ugh. The next one is, are you a poor dressmaker? 
why are you ripping off my material? <laughs> wow. That's such a stretch. That one was such a stretch. That one's such a stretch. Yeah. Same thing with the vampire one. It's because Massey, like, wanted hot goss and no one was giving it to her. And she said, am I a vampire? Then why are you keeping me in the dark? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> the temperature one's my favorite. I like that. <laughs> That's not going in my butt. <laughs> what are butt plugs? She does ask that, doesn't she? Yeah. No. She says, yes. it, she says it about vaginal beads. She says, you're not putting those in my butt. No, but she asks, what are butt plugs, doesn't she? Oh, maybe. I'm pretty sure, because I, I know it, and I've only seen that clip. It's in the first one. She's like, they're, they're talking about sexy things to do, and she goes, what are butt plugs oh yeah yeah you're fucking right it is what it says it's a plug for your butt (laughs) that's not how you power things oh my god anyways (laughs) here's where things get sad but funny (laughs) (laughs) okay so this showdown has happened and claire is like whatever i have to get to class the girls disperse and so claire has to find room 41 on her own Mm -hmm. she eventually does and it's art class only Alicia from the Pretty Committee is in this art class, and in the art class, they are painting still life of tomatoes. <laughs> and so they're supposed to be doing that, and Claire like walks over to her easel, and Alicia is like, "Oh my God, Claire! Like great painting!" You kind of see her nudge Claire a little bit. Claire messes up her painting and walks up to the art teacher and says, "I don't like my painting. Can I start over?" And he says, "No." <laughs> So, Work on it. So Alicia, like, bumped her paintbrush to make her fuck up. No, no, no. Okay. So then Claire is like, fine, I guess I'll fix it, and starts walking back to her easel. And then her male art teacher is like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he's like, you need to go to the nurse. You need to go. You need to go to the nurse. And Claire is like, <gasps> why? Oh, my goes, God. Oh, my God. The shock on your guys' faces right now is, like, really, really fulfilling. Well, because we because think I these are all periods. I was joking about it, and I didn't think it was a thing. Wait, can I can yeah. I make a joke? Yeah. Why didn't you phrase your question from on the rag to Rich's story? <laughs> yes, yeah. um, so as it turns out, Alicia bumped Claire's butt with her paintbrush. She flat out oh. wiped oh. red paint on, on her Claire's white pants? brand new expensive so white expensive. pants. I know. I love how invested you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said the white pants. Yeah. And me being an awful person, I was like, that's a period gag being set up right there. Uh, I didn't think it was going to happen. And it's paint, though. It's not even her period. I yeah. will just say, Daniel, as a woman, I don't know if I would ever purchase white pants. I would never purchase white exact pants. reason. I don't do it because you know how much I spill. <laughs> <laughs> I just know in middle school, I actually had a pair of white pants and I was like, guess I'll never wear those again because mm-hmm. I was too afraid. Claire walks across the campus with a big red period stain on her pants, not knowing it's there. Because the teacher just tells her to go to the nurse. And along the way to the nurse's office, she runs into other members of the pretty committee, and they fuck with her. Dylan runs into her and is like, Claire, the nurse's office is this direction, but that just sends her to Massey's classroom. And as soon as she gets to Massey's classroom, Massey takes a photo which is not okay. Claire then goes to the nurse's office. The nurse is like, you're period. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a period. It's really sad because Claire, like, the, the woman's like, a monumental occasion. You're a woman. You've got your period. And Claire's like, no, I don't. And she <laughs> so, pops confetti. Yeah. She doesn't do that. But 
the nurse does say, well, since you perioded all over your pants, <laughs> <laughs> you now get to go shopping in our lost and found. Oh, no. And so Claire picks out a foxy outfit from the Ooh. lost and found. As Claire has finally made it out of the nurse's office in her sweet new outfit, it's really fun, too, because, like, other girls at the school come up to her, and they're like, you look amazing. Mm. I used to have a top like that, but I lost it. And it's like, you're happy for her, because she's winning. This dope song starts playing, but it's, like, really loud, and the lyrics are like, I'm trying to fit in. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew I'd be the coolest in school? And funnily enough, it is sung by Samantha Boscarino, who is the girl that plays Alicia. Oh. And it's, but it's also, like, they were trying to make this a single. Like, it's so loud. The song kind of slaps, not gonna lie. (laughs) (laughs) Massey gossips with her friends at the cafeteria table about how yesterday she was late to meet them because she was... Late for her parents? (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, (laughs) Because she was asked out on a date by a boy. And they're like, a boy? (gasps) Who? And she says, it's Chris Abley. He's a freshman in high school and... They all decide that they're going to go hide out in the bushes by the boys' school entrance after school so they can get a glimpse of mm. Chris Abley, and they do. And they're peering over the wall, and they're like, oh, my God, it's Chris Abley. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. oh they say that. They oh, say, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris Abley. He's so cute. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is that you? <laughs> what are you doing here? Oh, my God. Chris Abley, what are you doing here? <laughs> Um, Can you okay. say you started your period in that voice? <laughs> do it, do it. Oh uh, my god, I just saw my period. <laughs> oh my god, it's happening. It's happening. I'm a woman now. <laughs> okay, Claire has to walk home that day because the fucking driver forgot about her again. What a fucking She's like, yeah. even like clomping in her shoes that are like not really hers. They're like the fashion shoes mm. from the Lost and Found. And she's clip clopping towards like home. And like the on car. The side of the road. Yeah, on the side of the road. The car drives by and she hears them fucking giggling in the car. Like, ah, like, <laughs> the, like the driver car? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I don't know what that's about. They're rocking out to that song. And when she gets home, she lies to her mom and says, oh, I'm just dressed like this because Massey wanted me to look more like her. And I'm sorry, mom, I actually spilled paint on my pants. And oh. I know you spent a lot of money on them. And she says, that's okay. They're just pants. Her it's mom's right. a sweetheart. That's yeah, nice. her mom's like the MVP. And her mom just says, I'm just really glad that you and Massey are getting along. In Massey's room, she creates this thing. It's called the State of the Union. And it was in every book. Like, mm-hmm. at the oh. beginning and at the end. She it's... keeps it on her Palm Pilot in the book. Yes, I loved Palm Pilot. <laughs> in the movie, it's on a Mac computer. I wanted, yeah. I wanted one so bad. The, basically, the state <laughs> of the union is things that Massey deems are in and things that are out. On in, she says, first day after winter break, red cherries and Chris Abley. Out, hiding in bushes, diamond earrings, and Claire. <gasps> wow. That's Next. harsh. Yes. Yeah. Next morning in the car, the girls come up with an idea for a makeup company because it's like it's part of Kristen's project. It's like 60% of her grade. It's like a they basically have to come up with a business and make a product and stuff and sell it for a business project. And they decide that the, the best idea is to make a makeup that lasts 24 hours. Imagine if you can wake up pretty. Claire pipes up. That's and, very bad for your skin. Yes. 
Why not just be pretty all the time? <laughs> right. That's what I say. That's uh, what I demand. <laughs> Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's her period. Maybe. <laughs> um, Claire pipes up from the back seat and she says, that's actually a really good idea. And Massey says, uh, conversation between the taco and burrito, nacho. <laughs> <laughs> all-natural ingredients and sell it on the school bus during the school trip next Saturday. Uh, and Claire suggests that they call the company Glambition. Ah. The girls can't really deny that it's like a pretty good name and Massey says, fire name. we'll use it until I can think of something better. Before getting out of the car, the driver, who is like way too invested in these girls' lives for some reason, he says, <clears throat> FYI, Claire, he has an accent. He said, there are more girls than these girls at this school. Go find them. Mm. Here's where we find my queen. Okay. This was everything I aspired to be as a child. Goth child? Kind of. Okay. Yes. Goth child played by none other than Vanessa Marano. Bay Kenish from Switch Dipper. This is in this movie. Got it. Okay. So, that day at lunch, Claire finds a spot next to the most uncool girl at school, but I think she's the coolest. Her name is Lane. Mm. And she eats oatmeal out of a thermos. And Claire is like, hey, cool bag. And Lane is like... It's a stereo. And she's like, I got it at Spencer's Gifts. Love it. <laughs> and she, like, turns her bag on, and it, like, makes this blaring noise of, like, really bad rock music. And everyone in the cafeteria, like, covers their ears, and they're mad at Lane for putting on the music. Massey glares. <laughs> then Claire asks Lane if she's busy this Friday night, and Lane says, we can hang out and watch a movie or listen to my bag or something. Listen to my bag? <laughs> They're lesbians. Anyways. Yeah. That sounds just, like an innuendo somehow. Yeah. I'm they, just picturing Courtney in this part. Honestly? <laughs> we should have auditioned you wanna get together. together. We should have auditioned together. You want to get together and watch Donnie Darko? <laughs> yeah. We can watch it on my iPod Classic. <laughs> With a headphone splitter. Oh Anyways. <laughs> that's what they do. They make the plans. But back at the Block house, Mrs. Block wants to make sure that Massey invites Claire to her sleepover on Friday night. She tells her that she should. And so Claire is invited, and Claire doesn't know what to do, so she calls Lane and makes an excuse about how she has to babysit her younger brother Friday night. So it's kind of sad, because Claire gives up on, on her fun hangout, her what could have been with Lane. <laughs> <laughs> They might have tag teamed. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Only real fans will know what that means. <laughs> okay. At the sleepover, all the girls, they're going through, like, all of their designer clothes in gigantic piles. It's a very fun moment where they're just trying everything on. They're there to um, sort through it so they can donate it to the OCD auction that the school has every year to raise money for scholarships. Massey looks over her shoulder at Claire and says, I know one charity case that needs a scholarship. Stop. <laughs> then they all, <laughs> they all go to the cabana, which is crazy because they also have a guest house. 
Yeah. So, like, that's, wow. like, three separate property areas. Yeah, yeah. At the cabana, which is where the girls sleep during the sleepover, mm. they're playing Would You Rather. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. They say, would you rather A, be a friendless loser, or B, a person with tons of friends who secretly <laughs> hate you? Oh and they God. all pick B. But Claire picks A, and Alicia says, well, congratulations, you got your wish. Thanks. You're She's friendless a friendless loser. loser. I, <laughs> apparently. Like that we both said it. Like, you didn't get it. We so had to drive it home. It's literally only these five girls in the cabana, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the girls decide to play truth or dare now. After one question. Yes. Yeah. Good game. <laughs> Alicia asks Massey, have you ever kissed a boy? And Massey says, ask me after the auction, and the answer will definitely be yes. OMG. Massey asks Claire, truth or dare? And she picks dare, and Massey asks, who do you like? Which I'm pretty sure is the truth. What the heck? Claire says, mm, you know, well, I don't really know many people yet, but there is this one guy that I met, and his name is Chris. And they all gasp, and Dylan's like, wait, do you mean Chris Abley? That's the guy Massey was literally just talking about kissing. And Alicia says, Claire, are you good at math? Because you're really good at putting two and two together. <laughs> Whoa. They all go to sleep, but not before. Alicia makes little fart noises with her hands. <laughs> and blames it on Claire. She says, ew, Claire, was that you? Oh, my goodness. But Claire pulls a fast one and says, funny, Leash, I thought it was the sound of your boobs rubbing together. Of your what? Of your boobs, boobs rubbing, rubbing together. together. So that's the developed joke? She's, like, really upset. And all the girls laugh at her. Yeah, they're all, like, gonna kill each other. Claire, she kind of got the last word, but she doesn't feel really good about it, mm. you know? She kind of, like, crossed over the dark side for a second, so she decides to leave the sleepover. And Massey kind of comes running after her, and she says, Claire, you don't have to leave. But Claire says, have to? I want to. She's oh. fine, whatever. The next day at school, Claire goes to hang out with Lane, but uh-oh. Massey has told Lane that Claire lied to her and ditched her for the pretty committee sleepover. So Lane tells her this, and Massey did it not only so that Claire couldn't even have one loser friend, mm -hmm. but so that she can get closer to Lane, because <gasps> Lane is Chris Abley's sister. No! It would have been so perfect! Yeah. What if it was a love triangle where, like, Lane wanted to get at Claire, but Claire wanted to get at Chris? Claire has to watch her one friend go with her mortal enemy. It's the halfway point. To influence your halfway point predictions about this, um, during a scene where Claire was hanging out with Lane, Claire divulged to Lane that Massey has a crush on your big brother. And Lane says, Chris has been dating his girlfriend since the <gasps> seventh grade. They're madly in love. So Massey does not know that Chris has a girlfriend, oh. but Claire does. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm thinking then that... Claire, smartly, will back off, because she's a nice person. Mm -hmm. And Massey will not, because she doesn't know. And I bet there's going to be some big old drama where, like, Massey goes in for the kill with the kiss, and Chris is like, Ugh, dude, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> maybe everyone then, maybe her friend group will turn on her and be like, I can't believe you would do that to someone who has a girlfriend. And then they'll be like, Claire, I'm sorry, you come back. <laughs> I, that joke you made about my boobs was really funny. You can be in our friend group. <laughs> Yeah, and then at the end, maybe they'll all be one because Claire's a better person and, like, forgives people for stuff. Okay. This sounds like a really depressing movie. Because <laughs> Claire sounds like a nice person and mm -hmm. she's just getting shit on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's at least happy. Katie Heron gets revenge. Yeah, prediction-wise, 
I don't know. I don't think Claire is... She's going to keep being nice. They're going to keep being mean. But maybe that revelation is going to be a big shock to Massey. And that's going to be her comeuppance. And maybe she'll start being nice. And maybe the the itty-bitty titty committee will <laughs> let Claire into the ranks. Alicia's not allowed in that committee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that all your predictions? Yeah, that's all I got. It's a thin movie. Okay. <laughs> it better not be fat. <laughs> You guys ready to continue? Yeah. Hell yeah. This riveting tale. I'm more feminist. It's the weekend, it seems like. Clara goes into the pool house, and she's wearing this knockoff juicy sweatsuit, you know, as they did. It's a knockoff? What? Yeah. It doesn't say juicy. Embarrassing. It's like wet. And, um... <laughs> Sorry. Alicia... Wop. Alicia, Kristen, and Dylan are all working together out there on one of the benches, and they're having a private meeting, and Claire can't be involved. Um, They're working on the makeup line for Kristen's Mm. um, project, but Massey isn't there yet, and they're like, maybe we should just start without her. No, we have to wait for her. It's a big conundrum. Massey's getting a pedicure with Lane. Yeah. Mm. Claire says, fine, Um, I'm going to go swim, and they make fun of her bikini, and they're like, Claire, are you a bird? Then why is your suit so cheap? And then they go, cheap, like in the 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 room. room. (laughs) Claire gets a little twinkle in her eye and she turns around and she goes, well, this suit is actually an original Astrid. Dylan says, oh, that's right. Uh, Astrid, I love her work. And Claire says, oh, don't you mean his work? Oh, she tried. Claire jumps into the pool on the rafts and she like jumps in and she says, Yahoo! Like, <laughs> like a fucking and all, nerd. All the girls gasped and they're like, Fun? What is that? Oh, oh my god. god. They go, That was sweet. <laughs> really? <laughs> it wasn't. It was like, like, <laughs> they're like realizing that she's like doing kid stuff and like having a great mm. time. And so they're like, Well, you know, she's not here yet, so why don't mm. we why don't we do it too? And they're wearing so much jewelry and like they're having really cute suits and they're but they're like just like not practical for swimming and I stuff. Do. But they go swimming anyways and they're just like sick of waiting for Massey and they're like splashing around and having fun and they're being kids. It's great. Massey finally shows up and she ruins all the fun and she's like, Oh my god, I was lost in the woods with Chris Abley. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie. She's lying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought you would come look for me. I thought I wasn't going to make it out of there alive and you're just in here playing around. Okay, Bella in New Moon. <laughs> <laughs> she makes fun of Claire's suit and calls it a bargain basement knockoff. And the girls are like, no, actually it's an Astrid. It's, it's an original Astrid, and she's like, yeah, right, if I found that at the back of the, you know, she, she knows that Claire was lying about it being. Mm-hmm. There's some, no such thing as Astrid. Yeah, there's no uh, such thing. I see. The girls all follow Massey into the house, and Claire cries. And I like that she cries often. We've, we've seen mm. her cry. They're not the best actor tears. They're not yeah. real tears. But these girls are being really hurtful, and back then anything could set you off. Like, yeah, girls yeah. Are, would cry on the drop of a hat, and... Claire's mom doesn't want her to cry, but Claire's mom is really receptive to it and, like, follows Claire into her room to mm. figure out what's what's happening and what the bottom of it is. And Claire lies to her yet again because she doesn't want her mom to know she's being bullied. And so she says, there was just a misunderstanding with me and Massey. And her mom says, 
well, that's not okay. I want you to go over to Massey's house and patch things up with her. Ugh. And it's like, Mom, Jesus. Oh she says, otherwise, I'm going to talk to her mom. Oh, no. So poor Claire has to go over there. Yeah, yeah. But Claire says, I'll do it after dinner. So she waits until nighttime and then knocks on the door to Massey's house. And Massey's mom answers and tells her, oh, Massey's actually out walking Bean. Do you want to wait for her in her room? And Claire says, okay, that's fine. Here's where things get spicy. Spicy? They're going to get very spicy because... Claire's not devious, but an opportunity has Ooh. presented itself. She's waiting in Massey's room, and she yes, hears... Yes, sabotage. Yes, sabotage. An IM pops up on Massey's computer. It's from Alicia. But Claire responds to her as if she is Massey. And she just kind of has a little bit of fun. She starts off simple. She tells Alicia, Oh my god, Leash, I just saw the cutest thing in Teen Vogue. Tights under denim. And it's like, Claire showed it to me. Claire's super cool, by the way. Anyways, bye, love you, and then signs off and doesn't talk to Massey. Instead, the next day, Claire shows up into the driver's car, and Claire is wearing jean shorts with tights underneath. And they're green tights and, like, a green top and everything, and Massey makes fun of her, and it's like, I didn't know they were having auditions for Peter Pan. And Claire's like, whatever. They oh, pull yeah. up to Alicia's house, and Alicia is wearing the same thing. Love tights it. under denim, Daniel! It's a look. <laughs> I mean, I've worn tights under denim. I do too. But Massey's pissed. <laughs> that night, Claire goes back into Massey's room mm-hmm. when she sees Massey walking Bean. And now nice. she's engaging her new favorite hobby, <laughs> pretending to be Massey, and cyberbullying her best friends. <laughs> Dylan is now IMing her. At the same time, also, Todd, we haven't seen him in a while, Dylan Minette, he oh, walks right. in, and he likes to break into Massey's room at night, too, because he's trying to find a photo of her to steal, because he's in love with her. Oh. We don't really mention Todd any, any more times, but, like, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's a weirdo. Dylan is IMing Massey, and she says, oh my god, Mass, I just saw the cutest look in a magazine, and I think I want to wear it to the auction. It's a super cute mini skirt." And Claire decides to type as Massey... Do you really think your legs will look good in a mini? No. The next day when they go to like pick all the girls up and everything, they pull up outside of Dylan's house and Dylan is wearing like a whole bunch of baggy layers and like just tons of coats and everything because she's uncomfortable. Yet again the next night, Claire sneaks into Matthew's room. This is like a horror movie. (laughs) This I mean, was not this last one. the level of uh, malevolence I was expecting. Yeah, Claire Claire gets dirty. Claire and Todd, they're back in Massey's room yet again. Both of them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I like that if Let's they like, go, ran girls. into each other. Oh! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this time, Claire has also stolen beans so that Massey is stuck outside calling for him and looking around for him because she thinks that he ran away. That's funny. <laughs> Claire and, and Kristen are IMing and um, they decide to swap secrets. Claris tells her, as Massey, she's been hanging out with Lane secretly. And Kristen tells her, it's a secret, but my family is actually poor. Oh. And that she's on the scholarship to the school. And that's why she's so worried about her grades all the time. Because she needs to have good grades in order to continue getting the scholarship. She doesn't even live in the fancy house that they pull up to every day. She lives in the shitty apartment behind it. Kristen begs her not to tell anyone, but Massey shows up. And Claire doesn't have time to respond to it, and she closes the IM, and they hide under the bed. Oh, shit. 
both of them, the Todd and Claire. That's funny. That's such a funny dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Like Massey sees Kristen IMing her and begging her not to tell anyone, and Massey's like, what do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. And Kristen gets upset. She goes, whatever, and signs off. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no such thing as, like, I am history. Like, you can't scroll back up. Yeah. And see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Computers, um, you don't know them. The next day, the girls are all going to play squash, and all the reason I am's that Claire has cooked up behind Massey's back are kind of coming to a head mm-hmm. as Massey shows up. Dylan shows up wearing a floor-length skirt to hide her thighs because she's so subconscious about what, quote, Massey has said. Kristen mentions that she had to borrow someone's racket, and Massey says, since when can't you afford a new one? Then they ask why she's been hanging out with Lane, and Claire shows up. They say to her, a spot in our foursome has just opened up. Claire kind of goes along with it. Mm. And they leave Massey in the dust and ditch her. She's out of the pretty committee. At lunchtime, Claire has taken Massey's spot, and it's a regular, you're wearing sweatpants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. scene. Um, Massey looks around for somewhere to sit, and Lane calls to her, and she is like, you got that hair! And Massey says to her, I wouldn't be caught dead (gasps) sitting next to you, I don't even like you! Wow. And Lane says to her, you really are a bitch. Nice. Mm. Two bitches! So this was PG. This was PG. Got it. Get ready, though. Oh, my God. They're going to say the N-word? <laughs> Daniel! Massey is appalled, but her outfit is also adorable. <laughs> She's dressed kind of like Audrey Hepburn. And she responds with another one of her sick Massey burns Uh-oh. and says, Sorry, no comprende. I don't speak loser. Lane says, No oblast bitch. <laughs> oh. I think it's it's so clever. That's it's good. it's super good. I also love that they just keep saying bitch. That's yeah. a lot of B words for it's the PG. It's a lot of B words. Yeah, it's either the, the third or the fourth. Like, when Claire originally said it, someone might have repeated it, but I'm like, that's a lot of bitches. It's like the F-bomb, but yes. for PG. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The girls go shopping with Claire, and Claire lies about not being able to buy a dress because she re- recently spent <laughs> so much money on this Chloe handbag Lindsay Lohan had, um... When she got in the accident, the DUI accident. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> she got a red <laughs> But Alicia says, that's okay, I'll pay. Well, uh, one of my three best friends will. And Claire asks, Dylan, Kristen, or Massey? And she says, no, Visa, MasterCard, or Amex. <laughs> and it gives her, she gives her a cell phone and says, here you go, this is for you. What? <laughs> because we can't hang out if they can't reach you. Wow. You know? Call me, beat me. And she's like, it's just an old one. That's okay. You can have it. It's <laughs> just like phone bills and shit that still needs to <laughs> Dylan says, let's go back to my place. And it is time for a makeover montage. Makeover montage. And it's a fucking train wreck. It sucks. It's wow. horrible. There's like a cutscene of them putting rollers in Claire's hair. And then they put makeup on her. And they're giggling, blah, blah, blah. And then it's time for the reveal. And it's just like, she looks horrendous. Like, <laughs> it's like. Her hair is like not. It's just. It's, it's a, not in a mean way. It's just like the like movie doesn't the understand that it looks so bad. Okay, I was yes. gonna ask that. They're not no, fucking with her. They're it's playing it like it's like actually a good makeover. Yeah, they're like, you not. look so good, and they're all smiling and happy, and they take pictures. But it's just like the stylist just looks like she didn't know what she was wow. doing. Like she'd never held a curler in her life or something. And she wears other outfits, and thankfully some of them include hats. So Thank can God. Kind of cover up. <laughs> the girls yell, "Oh my God!" And you. Unison, more giggling. It's a great. It's so great. Each girl gets a close-up shot of them flipping their hair and dancing around. 
And then the shots I repeated in slow-mo also. <laughs> and then freeze frame. I missed it if it wasn't there, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Claire comes home two hours late, later than her mom said that she should be oh, home. Oh, no. Claire, yeah. stop being a Katie Heron. Yeah, on. and she acts like a brat, and she's talking on the phone and carrying a ton of shopping bags, and her attitude is just, like, so abruptly changed, and she yells at her mom about how she's just trying to fit in. This is how people are. She's become the monster. That's what the movie's about. Yes. She says, the gap doesn't cut it here, mom. And her mom says, neither does your attitude. (laughs) Anakin. (laughs) Her mom threatens to keep her from going to the auction, and Claire stomps away. That night, Massey IMs all of her friends, but none of them reply. Mm -hmm. Until Kristen does, because Massey tells her that the Glambition supplies were delivered to her house, and she should come pick them up. Kristen really cares about her grades, so Mm -hmm. she's like, okay, I'll go get them. And then when Kristen shows up, Massey wants to know why all of her friends ditched her. And Kristen says, well, probably because you've been hanging out with Lane and and you said Claire was cool and you called Dylan fat. That's why we're all not hanging out with you. She's like, I would never do that. I did not say any of those things. And the two of them start getting in a heated back and forth where she's like, you did this at this time and you did this at this time until finally they discover that Massey had actually been out with her dog Bean at all of those times mm-hmm. when these girls were receiving the supposed IMs from her. She knows this because the other night she was out looking for Bean until past 10 o'clock and she missed the opening scene to the hills. Daniel's favorite show. Mm -hmm. I will give you $100 if you can name the lead girl on the hills right now. So easy. (laughs) That's not Paris's show, is it? Yeah, I don't know. You lost. (laughs) Lauren. Lauren Conrad. I didn't know. Oh. Do you know? Oh, yeah, from the Eric Andre show. Yeah, why didn't you say so? (laughs) Anyways. Uh-oh, the two of them have figured that something yeah. is up. And so Kristen is actually kind of relieved that she didn't tell Massey her secret oh. about being poor. And the two of them go upstairs, and what do you know? They look at her computer chat history. Ah. <laughs> what a novel idea. They're detectives, really. Seriously. Suddenly, Claire gets a call on her new cell phone, and it's Kristen. Uh-oh. And here's, like, an iconic line delivery from the movie. Kristen's on the phone, and she says, Hey, Claire, it's Chris. Oh. Claire yells at Todd to hang up the phone because she can hear him breathing. Mm. Actually, we hear, it's not Todd, it's Dylan. And Alicia. And Claire says, wow, hey guys, I've never been on a four-way call before. Yikes. And then we hear, actually, it's a five-way. Dun-dun-dun! Yeah. It's Massey, and she tells Claire they all know what she did, and they send her an IM that says, you're not only done, you're well done. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) The next day, Massey... (laughs) (laughs) So is this movie. Roll credits. (laughs) They look at the camera and say, so is this movie. (laughs) We ran out of budget. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Could Tyra. Could do more. Thanks, Tyra. <laughs> thanks, Tyra. <laughs> the next day, Massey gives all her friends Glambition robes that she had specially made, embroidered with their names on it. They start mixing up all the stuff to make the lip gloss, fragrances, peanut oil, all these essential, like, natural things that they can put in. 
and they discuss what wild thing Massey should do for Chris's birthday because it's coming up right on the day of Yikes. the auction. Dylan suggests that she bake a cake. But Alicia and Kristen say, you know what would be even better? You jump out of a giant cake. That is slutty. They love the yeah. idea. Yes, they love it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone giggles. It's the best idea ever. Wow. Then Claire walks in. Massey burns her by calling her Stare. Stare? <laughs> Instead of Claire. Oh my. Because she's staring at them. <laughs> hey, chair. And she's... <laughs> That's what they say to her when she's sitting in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nair. That's what they say when she's shaving her legs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bear. That's what they say to her at the end of Midsummer. <laughs> Or anytime she's changing in the locker room. Uh. <laughs> um, hey, Snare. That's what they say to her when she's watching Whiplash. That <laughs> uh, wasn't quite my tempo. Claire. Claire. Claire alleviates it all by giving these girls oatmeal, but they, they go to the hospital, and outside the 
I'm sorry. <laughs> say the oatmeal. <laughs> the How oatmeal much oatmeal factory. does she have? Well, a thermos. thermos worth. It's like really to the messy. oatmeal factory. Are they just going like? Everyone yeah, gets a spoonful. Like, put it on their lips like a like a mask. And honestly, Ew. I remember this shit in the book and thinking that it, it was super nasty too. It was really gross that to watch. Was, yeah, like really everyone gross. has really scary lips. Kind of like in Monsters Inc. when they suck your lips. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Anyways, outside the hospital, Kristen thanks Claire for saving the day and confides to her that she's actually really glad Claire knows her secret and not Massey. Oh. Um, so it's time for the auction, and Claire wears a simple dress of her own, and it fits in really well. It's like she doesn't need to be fancy. She can be the way that she is. Mm-hmm. Lane shows up in a super funky, fancy outfit. She's got like these low space buns and this like mm. weird hat and a fur collar and elbow-length gloves. Mm. And then Chris Abley shows up. With his girlfriend named Fawn. Claire is introduced to Fawn. They are they're they're fawning over her. That's great. <laughs> Zing. Cut two. The other three girls are getting ready. Alicia, Dylan, and Kristen. They look great, very formal. Mm-hmm. And then we see Massey. She's wearing black strappy heels, a very short, ruffly purple skirt. And then a black crop top that says, I heart Chris Abley. <gasps> what? It's like so out of, it's a formal event. Wow. It's a formal oh, yeah. event. But that's what she wants to wear when she jumps out of the cake. Oh, right. The cake jump. Yeah. The other girls freak out because tonight is going to be the night she gets her first kiss. Yikes. And she says, and maybe my second and third. Claire returns the dresses and cell phone to Alicia. And Alicia says, by the way, nice job trying to oust Massey. You got farther than I ever did. Ooh, There's yeah. some backstory that we didn't know about. Yeah. What the hell is that about? We don't ever get to find out, but thanks for that. That's cool. Great. Then Claire goes to Dylan and tells her, by the way, you would have rocked that miniskirt. And Dylan is licking frosting off of her fingers and says, thank you. And we just like, we really, just really don't know why this movie is trying to make us Yikes. think that she's Yeah. What the heck is that about? Claire has almost made amends with every member of the pretty committee until she sees a giant cake being wheeled out into the auction stage. And she knows that Massey is inside because she kind of heard them talking about it. And she waits for the cake to make it right onto the stage. Then she sits on top of the cake and steals the microphone and welcomes Chris's girlfriend. His girlfriend, Fawn, to the stage. Please, it's Chris Abley's girlfriend, Fawn, to wish him a happy birthday. And Massey's like inside the cake Mm -hmm. and she's like, Girlfriend? Oh, oh my god, what? Massey stays inside the cake while Claire wheels it away and saves her from this public That's embarrassment. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Does she have a formal outfit ready to go? No. <laughs> Yikes. Claire and Massey sort of get into it. She helps her out of the cake, and we realize that Massey never put the charm that Claire gave her onto her bracelet, but she looks at Claire and she's like, oh, it fell off. And Claire confronts her and says, why are you always mean to me? And Massey says, you're a massive threat. And there's this weird swelling of music that's, like, trying to make us feel emotional and trying to make us, like, see these girls in some, I don't know, eye-to-eye situation. Mm -hmm. And Claire has way too long of a pause before saying, me? And then there's no apology, no vulnerability, and that's kind of it. (laughs) Interesting. And Massey picks up a rose that's just, like, free and right next to them on the table and hands it to Claire. And she says, by the way, I pick A2. I'd rather be a friendless loser <laughs> than be friends with people who secretly hate me. Wow. And then the movie ends with Massey writing her State of the Union list. And this time it says, out. 
cake, Chris Abley, Claire, uh, in oatmeal, gummy feet, Claire. How could she be out what? and in at the same time? What a dumb bitch. Massey <laughs> smiles at her computer and Claire smiles at the rose she was given. And then that Samantha Boscarino song plays again. And that's the end? <laughs> that's the movie. Daniel's got his, his State of the Union ready. <laughs> Guys, his picture's gonna be of a period. Why don't you count us down for the ratings, Daniel? Okay. Three, two, one. Okay. Wow, I gave it a high score. I'm Did shocked. You put two minus three? No, two to three. Those are titties sideways. That's amazing. <laughs> Let's hear from the two who have not seen it. Daniel, what did you rate it? Well, from your explanation, I was having a hard time figuring out what kind of bad it was. Because mm -hmm. on my number scale, a five is still good, and that's watchable. I don't think it's that. I think it's definitely lower. But a one is something that fails on all levels. And I don't know if it is that. Maybe it is. So I put two out of three, and the joke was, are you a low movie score because you're a two to a three? <laughs> kind of like their shitty oh, I get it. joke set up. <laughs> cheap, 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 cheap. Let's just say two. I give it a two out of, what are it? Ten, ten. Two you out of ten. You give it a 2.5. No, I give it, it doesn't, the, the acting doesn't sound good. Um, the story isn't very original. It sounds ridiculous. I can't deal with that much cuntiness in one movie and have it be as bad as it is, mm. so. Your usage of the C word better not cost us listeners. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna have it say, and then cuts off. Hilaire? Yeah. Or like, cunt. <laughs> I wish that could be the title. It cannot. <laughs> it cannot. It cannot. <laughs> I bet you it could just because of... Yeah, if I read the title C U H dash N T, we could see. We could see. We could see. We could see you next Tuesday. Did I tell you my podcast didn't get distributed to a lot of services for a while because I used what was I don't even remember what it was. I used chode. I used the word chode in my episode description. Whoa. And it wasn't put on other platforms. So I sent an email. Hey, what's going on? You use some profanity yeah. in your description. <laughs> We're shown. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I gave it a three. Sometimes rating these movies, like, we've talked about this, like, the relation of my ratings doesn't always make sense to each other, like how yeah. we, we rated Midsummer Love. You can't do the same thing, yeah. And so, like, part of why I gave it a three is because I was like, well, I rated Sella pretty low, and, like, obviously Sella's a better movie than this, you know what I mean? But also, in the same way, like, where, where I gave Horse Sense a four, it's because it's for kids, and, like, this is still for kids. So I feel like, if anything, it got bumped up to a three because, like, that's spicy. They said bitch three times. Three for the number of times I'm pretty sure they said bitch. They might have said it four or five, actually. They might have said it four Thinking about it. Anyway, I don't think it's, like unwatchable and I really had a good time listening to it um but it's obviously really predictable as silly as those jokes are I feel like I have to come at them for like and uh, not come at them I have to congratulate them for like how funny they are mm -hmm. all the insults so I feel like it's like decent for what it is but what it is is like aiming to be a five and it's a three um I gave it a 2.5 
it's just not good, mm. you know? Not only is, like, you know, storytelling-wise it not very good, but also, yeah, like Daniel said, a lot of the acting itself falls flat. And I feel like you could really elevate a movie, even with child actors back then, with, like, just a little bit more comprehension of what they're going for with each character. Sometimes, like, they don't seem invested in it or something. And it's kind of funny, some of the stuff that they say. You can have a lot of fun with it if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they missed out like on a lot of opportunities if I'm really thinking critically about the film, which I don't think this film deserves to be thought right. of so critically. It is funny doing this part of the podcast because we're just like yeah. having a, a crazy time and then it's like, okay, so. <laughs> because I feel like there's other movies of this exact caliber yeah. that are just done better. Better, yeah. yeah. You know? I don't think it warrants much more than that. I mean, I'm not, I mean, yeah. I did have a really good time watching it with Courtney and yeah. there was like a lot of nostalgia booked into it. And I do feel like, back then, I thought that all this shit that they do, I thought that's what was cool. I read those books and I was like, that's the epitome of popularity and coolness and stuff. And it just doesn't hit the same way anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to think critically about this. It's the quick book series on film. And similar to Kayleen's review of Rebecca, what did you expect? It's a click book series on film. And I think we have to be really forgiving of the fact that it's straight to DVD. It was not... If we're looking at, like, a DCOM, like, DCOMs at least were, like, on the best network for kids. Right. This was a DVD release. And so I'm like, I'll be nice to it and give it a four. It's it's funny. You have a time with it. There are times where we're also like, that That was really stupid. That was a bad choice. Yeah. But I think a four is <laughs> fair to it. I can't, I can't fathom giving it less than two stars on Letterboxd. I'm like, no, it's funny and I enjoy my time spent on it. So I give it a four. So watch the stats and recommendations. Everybody wants- ready? I actually am ready. I'm, I'm ready. Also- I'm also ready. Daniel's very prepared. Yeah. You want me to go All first? Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. First thing on my watch list is Sound of Metal no! with Riz Ahmed. <laughs> I can't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think I had a read about it and um Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and He's in two music movies that are coming out soon. He's going to be playing a rapper, I think, in one. And then this one is about a hard rock drummer who starts to lose his hearing. Mm. Mm. And so, but he goes to this deaf community thing and learns to find himself. Oh. And the trailer is amazing. Mm-hmm. I did I wanna see the trailer. Sh- yeah. Almost makes me cry just oh. watching it. And Olivia Cook is in it. Um, the second thing on my watch list is La Hete which is the uh, original short film that 12 Monkeys is based on. Yes, okay, yeah. It seems really arty, and I like the idea of a movie told entirely through still photographs, so. Oh. And then this this is just a broad ad, but I want to see more documentaries about 9-11. I just want to learn more about that. What's your recommendation for the week? I rewatched The Irishman, which I know is not this group <laughs> of people's <laughs> kind of movie. But it's it's also about a, a about a clique of older men who do who some just as petty who are just as petty yeah. and they kill each other when yeah. one another pisses one off. Fair. So that's a good one. And I liked it. I liked that's it. That's a relevant I, recommendation. I liked it more the second time. I respect it. <laughs> I respect it. Courtney was so mad when she came home and I was watching it. <laughs> I just like, wanted to come home to Why? Home. Why is this on the TV? Just because then she knew she couldn't watch something for another six hours. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, time to go to my room until midnight. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's my recommendation. Uh, okay. Cool. Good job. Can I go next? Yeah, yes. sure. My watch list ad for this week is Daniel themed. 
because he gave it to me and I haven't watched it yet. Oh. Shame. Mm. Oh. And I just, I, it's just sitting there and I need to watch it. And then my recommendation for the week, 13 going on 30. Ooh. A good version of a similar thing. <laughs> and I watched it kind of recently and thought it was really good still. For my watch list ad, I would like to add this movie called Uncle Frank that's coming out starring Paul Bettany and Sophie Lillis. It's about what I think it's about from what I gathered from the trailer. It's like kind of a period film. Not that old, but... A period film, Daniel. <laughs> Topical! <laughs> let me see if, like, if it says 1973. And I'd also like to add Jungle Land starring Jack O'Connell, Charlie Hunnam. I don't know how to say it. Hunnam. Hunnam. And Jessica Barden. Mm. It's a fighting movie. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's wrestling or boxing or MMA, mm. I don't know. But I really like fighting movies, and I always think that I'm not going to, but then I do, and I'm mm. like, root for them, and I think it's like a family drama, and I don't know. I also liked the trailer, and I was like, whoa, these movies are really coming in at the end of the year. And for my recommendation, I put The Sleepover. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, you know. That's just like The Irishman. <laughs> Okay, adding to my watch list is also The Sound of Metal, which Daniel told me about, but I love Riz Ahmed, and Mm -hmm. I'm excited to watch a movie with ASL. That's always a treat for Mm me. Um, So I'm adding that, but to add something that Daniel did not put on his list, um, I'm going to add Wild Nights with Emily, where Molly Shannon plays Emily Dickinson. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited to... It's It's been out for a while, but... um, Dickinson got renewed for season two, and it's been filmed, and it's coming out in January, and I can't wait. But in the meantime, I'll watch Wild Nights with Emily. Cool. Uh, for my recommendation for the week, I'm going to go with a series of unfortunate events. Ooh. Because that was a book series that was super amazing, my favorite of all time as a child, and it was adapted perfectly. Mm-hmm. Everyone who does not like the movie version can <laughs> suck it. It is phenomenal. I love the movie. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And... Fun way to adapt some books into there. They got mm-hmm. three in there. So I know. that's what I'm adding to my watch list and recommendations. Sweet. Yay. Nice. Thank you for being on the podcast. Yay. Yay. Thank you for having me on. Yes. It was it was a lot of fun. It was so nice. Do you have anything that you would like to finish us off with? Would you like to promote anything? Leave a nice message? Yeah. You you might not know this, but I I have a couple podcasts that are that I think are they're pretty okay. Um And that's our show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you you should not listen to them. They're they're awful, especially the ones with um you guys all on them. Those <laughs> are my least favorite ones. No, you can you my podcasts you can find them by looking up Super Serious Podcasts. I have Super Serious Movie Men, which is more movie-related. And then I have Super Serious Podcast Men, which has a lot broader discussion points and topics can range and be about anything. And you can find them on wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can catch us next week wherein what? I, Kimmy, am going to explain the entirety of the plot of the movie The Kings of Summer to Courtney and Kayleen. Haven't seen it. Gonna watch it. Hope it's good because I'm not making another decision. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, what? We'll probably air this close to the winter solstice. Mm. So So you can listen to it and pretend you're in the summertime, but it will actually be really cold. Australian listeners, get ready. (laughs)